From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Today we have a super stack show because we're talking all about tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Night 1. But also we're going to be going back in time like we do every Wednesday and talking about the next episode of ECW Hardcore TV that took place on March 14th, 1998. But before we get into all of that, I want to thank all my fans from all over the world. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Without you, there is no me. So big salute to all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers. If you don't already, follow along on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, and on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. But the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast is not my only weekly wrestling podcast. I am part of the greatest faction of La Familia. I am one-fifth of the Circle of Debate. Make sure you follow Circle of Debate on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good shit. And follow us on YouTube and check out the Circle of Debate every Thursday and Friday. And for the G1 Climax for all my New Japan heads, check us out every Tuesday as me, the devious one, Ivan, and Big Dan from the Cage My IQ podcast, we will be discussing the G1 Climax from New Japan Pro Wrestling. But without further ado, let's cut all the chit chat and let's get into the Super Stack Show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for allowing me into your nightly routine before you go to sleep on this beautiful Wednesday night. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I appreciate you all. We have a lot to talk about this week. We're going to be talking about AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest. That just happened literally about like two hours ago. We're going to be talking all about ECW Hardcore TV from March 18th, 1998. But first, if you would like to support the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, you could do so by copying the merchandise. Go to threefallsbrand.com. That is T-H-R-E-E. Fallsbrand.com for the best rock and wrestling merchandise on the planet and now the home of the Wrestling DeLorean merchandise. Make sure you cop one of the shirts. We got three beautiful designs courtesy of my homie Mean Gene, the co-founder and CEO of Three Falls Brand. Three Falls Brand is such an awesome, awesome concept. So much great merchandise at Three Falls Brand. But who am I to tell you all about it? I'm going to let the man tell you about it himself. Here's the CEO. Hey listeners, this is Mean Gene of Three Falls Brand. Are you a fan of wrestling? Are you also a fan of rock music? If so, 
Check out threefallsbrand.com for all your WrestlePunk merch. We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from, whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, or Mortis and the Misfits. We've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at threefallsbrand. Again, check us out at threefallsbrand.com and on Instagram at threefallsbrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to talk about AEW Fighter Fest. Fighter Fest, a yearly, yearly tradition for AEW. Now currently a two-week tradition. We're going to be having four Fighter Fest episodes that break up in between Dynamites and Rampages for the next two weeks. And they started out Fighter Fest night one pretty fucking good because this was an excellent episode of AEW Dynamite. And I think that, you know... AEW's been dealing with a lot of injuries. AEW's been dealing with a lot of people who are unable to be on the show. But it doesn't seem like they have missed a beat. As much as I love watching Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Santana, the list goes on and on. They have a large injury list right now. But as much as I love seeing these guys, the current AEW roster that is currently active are stepping up their game and they're putting on amazing shows. So I cannot say that right now the show is lacking. This was a good episode. I'm going to talk about it. We're going to get into it right now. We start out hot. AEW TNT title matchup. We have Wardlow and Orange Cassidy. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I was not looking forward to this matchup from the moment they announced it. And it's not because I'm not a fan of Orange Cassidy or Wardlow. I'm a fan of both men. But I feel like both men have been on this rise. And this matchup was going to ruin the momentum of one of these men. And I think it did just that for Orange Cassidy. Um, this, to start out the show, pretty weird. The, the dynamic between Cassidy and Wardlow was good, but it was a little, you know, a little too much comedy, I think. I, I, I enjoy Orange Cassidy's stick, but I think that, you know, right now Wardlow is being built up as this dominant powerhouse who just runs through his competition. He seemed like he had a bit of a hard time trying to match wits with... Orange Cassidy. Now, I, I really, like I said, I want to strongly emphasize that I'm a fan of Orange Cassidy. I've been talking really highly about Orange Cassidy for a long time. So before anybody gets at me and says, oh, well, you need to understand his gimmick and blah, blah. I know his gimmick. I understand his gimmick. And I'm a fan of his gimmick. But my only thing is, I just want him to continue to be built up. And him losing to Wardlow... It's not going to ruin him, but it's just that right now it looked like there was going to get a little bit more momentum behind him. And for Wardlow, Wardlow right now has to look like a fucking monster. Like, I I compared him last week to Goldberg circa 1997, right? 1998. And in order to do that, you have to have Wardlow just run through the competition. Now, I'm not saying this had to be a squash match. But it didn't have to be as competitive as it needed to be. As much as I love Orange Cassidy, I think that the best thing that could have happened in this matchup would be, first of all, this matchup not even getting booked. It didn't make sense to me because right now you have two guys that you're trying to build up. Why not keep them separated? Why why not give Wardlow somebody he could just come in and just fucking dominate? But the best thing that could have happened, I feel, is if 
they would have had Wardlow just come in and just rip right through Orange Cassidy. If that is the case that they had to wrestle. That did not happen. We we had Wardlow dominating, but Orange Cassidy got a lot of offense in and I don't know, it's just there was parts of this that made Wardlow seem not too dominant in my opinion. And like I said, that's no disrespect to both these men. I, I enjoy both of these men. Um Wardlow wins the match and he retains his TNT title. We got highlights of Pac and Shota Umino from their All-Atlantic title matchup yesterday on AEW Dark from Rev Pro in the UK. That matchup was phenomenal. I strongly urge everybody to check out AEW Dark from yesterday because you had a lot of great international talent on that show. We've seen Thunder Rosa in stardom, which was dope, and she lost the matchup. So now she has to defend her title in the United States. And we saw an amazing main event for the All-Atlantic champion, Shota Umino, who showed out and was one of the stars that I left the Forbidden Door show talking about. He, he put on an absolute show. He gets a All-Atlantic title shot, a great matchup with Pac, but in a losing effort because Pac retains, he's still your All-Atlantic champion. Next on the show, we got Chris Jericho coming out. He says that he's a living legend. He talks about how Eddie Kingston is a curse. He talks about how everyone that Eddie Kingston gets close to gets hurt. Ruby Soho, Brian Danielson, Santana. Now, next week, we're going to have the pain maker, Chris Jericho, versus Eddie Kingston in a barbed wire everywhere matchup. I don't know what it is about Fighter Fest, and I don't know what it is about Chris Jericho, but it seems like Chris Jericho, in this stage of his career... Wants to have a death match every Fighter Fest. If you go back one year's time, Fighter Fest night two, Chris Jericho faced Nick fucking Gage in a death match. My homie Nick Gage, shout out MDK, shout out GCW, shout out Nick Gage. Anyway, he went against Nick Gage in a death match. Got torn the fuck up. Gage was hitting that man with light tubes, pizza cutters, panes of glass. Listen, Chris Jericho does not need to be doing these type of matches in this stage of his career, but I think that it does bring a different element to AEW and to weekly television because where else right now on weekly television can you see a live death match on national TV? You can't find it in the WWE. You can't find it in Impact Wrestling. You can't find it on MLW. You can't find it anywhere. But next week, live on TV, Fighter Fest Night 2, we have a barbed wire everywhere matchup. Now, the ECW fan of me really hopes that this is not like the the uh, exploding barbed wire death match between Kenny Omega and John Moxley, where they still had the ring ropes, but it was just wrapped in barbed wire. I want to see them go old school. I want to see them remove the ropes and replace the ropes with barbed wire. A la Sabu and Terry Funk. A la fucking Dusty Rhodes and Terry Funk. Go old school. Remove those motherfucking ropes. Replace it in barbed wire. And have Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho go to war. I'd be all for that. I hope that's the route that they're going next week. If not, this matchup is shaping up to be the final matchup in the story between Eddie Kingston and 
Chris Jericho, and I'm happy that it is. As good as this feud is, it's also ran its course, in my opinion. I feel like the blow-off should have been blood and guts. I don't know why. Like I said on Monday, I don't know why blood and guts is not a blow-off type of match in AEW. It's just another chapter in a feud in AEW because this is the second year in a row. Blood and Guts was just another chapter and not the blow-off. But if this is the blow-off, you can expect Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston to go all-out. Speaking of all-out, it was announced that all-out will be returning to pay-per-view in August. And it will be from Chicago. Boy, does Chicago get spoiled with AEW. I feel like every pay-per-view is in Chicago. We have Forbidden Door just in Chicago. All Outs in Chicago. We've seen Revolution in Chicago. Chicago is AEW City. So, I mean, cool for them. I would like to see some of these bigger pay-per-views move around a little bit more. Just because they were there at a certain venue in the beginning does not necessarily mean you got to stay in that venue. Having Double or Nothing in Vegas every year? Cool, but also switch it up a little bit. Having All Out in Chicago every year, I understand with the lineage of All In being in Chicago, I understand why you want to keep it in Chicago, but I would be more open to moving it around. Anyway, next up on this show, we had an absolute banger. We had Kanosuke Takeshita versus John Moxley. First of all, right off the bat, Kanosuke Takeshita has been putting on amazing performances in AEW. He had an amazing matchup with Hangman Page. He had a very stellar matchup against Eddie Kingston. And now he had an absolute banger with Jon Moxley. This was such great shit. If this was the circle of debate, which I'll be on tomorrow night at 11 o'clock Eastern on YouTube, Circle of Debate, you know my man Ivan would be hitting that Vince McMahon clip where he's like, such good shit. Because this was such good shit. These two had great chemistry with each other. This matchup was physical as fuck. Kanosuke Takeshita was a bloody mess, but he is so amazing, man. I would love if Kanosuke Takeshita was full-time with AEW. I mean, shit, I wouldn't be opposed to putting Takeshita with the Combat Club. Imagine what that man could do mixing it up with Wheeler Yuta, mixing it up with Claudio Castagnoli. Imagine the tag team with Claudio and Takeshita. Yo, honestly, this man deserves a full-time AEW contract. I don't know what his status is right now. I don't know if he's just in the United States for a couple months. But boy, do I want to see this guy on my TV every fucking week because he is an absolute beast. He's going against the interim AEW champion here. And once again, coming out of the matchup, he's the guy who we're talking about. Oh, my mic almost fell there. But he's the guy that we're talking about. Just like when he went against the world champion, Hangman Page, coming out of that matchup, he's the guy we're talking about. Konosuke Takeshita is a fucking all-star. Anyway, they put on an absolute amazing matchup. John Moxley was a bloody mess by the end of it, too. John Moxley gets the win when he hits the Death Rider into the uh, Bulldog Choke and then into the the uh, driving those elbows into the neck of Konosuke Takeshita. In my opinion, now this is just my opinion. If it's not your opinion, then, you know, that's okay. But don't, don't come at me. You can fuck off. Anyway, this is my... This is in my top five matches of the year for AEW so far. Holy shit. Amazing matchup. Absolute amazing matchup, yo. 
When we come back from this commercial break, we'll be talking about the second half of AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest. And then we're going to be going back in time like we do on the Wrestling DeLorean every week to March 18th, 1998, ECW Hardcore TV, where it is starting to take shape for the next pay-per-view in ECW's calendar year, Wrestlepalooza 1998. We'll talk all about that and more when we come back from this commercial break. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rice and beans up with manina on the same stove next to the burner with cocaina. To Prima, we need a prenup. We up better call Prima. Flooding need a cleanup. Running need a speed up. Cashman, Hiroshima, Osaka, or Fukushima. We ruling like Mussolini with bitches from Argentina. 
Got something for Latinas as goddesses like Athena. Packing the weed up, send to Bosnia, Herzegovina. Took over rapping, now back again. Got vaccinated from bitch after friends. I reactivated and attacked the pen. And now I'm aggravated again, agitated again. To battle me, assassination attempt. Decapitation exempt. You never pay for a cent. Now I'm late with the rent. Took away your consent. And I'm letting this spray. Then I'll pray to repent. Near Ooh, bring that beat back. Ladies and gentlemen, August 28th, House of Glory Wrestling presents High Intensity live on pay-per-view. And it will be taking place from the world-famous Terminal 5 in Manhattan, New York. History will be made by House of Glory in New York City, and I will be there. So make sure you're there too to witness history. So cop your tickets now because that will be a show you do not want to miss. Now, we're going to begin back to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast and talking about the second half of Fighter Fest Night 1 AEW Dynamite. Let's cut the beat and talk about it right now. We have the House of Black. They call out Darby Allen. They want Darby Allen, especially Brody King. Brody King fucking destroyed Darby Allen at one of his signings during this past weekend, and it was absolutely incredible. But the House of Black wants Darby Allen. Now, if we do get, uh, what's it called? If we get Brody King, Buddy Matthews, and Malachi Black in this feud against Sting and Darby Allin, I think it would be very interesting if we had Miro join Sting and Darby Allin and go against the House of Black three on three. Because we know that Miro wants the House of Black's ass. Miro wants Malachi Black for spitting that black miss in his face at Forbidden Door. So... I think that that would be a great trios matchup. If we don't go that route, I would definitely love a matchup between Brody King and Darby Allen. Next, Christian Cage is out. He's on the mic. He brings out Luchasaurus. Christian Cage has the Varsity Blondes in the ring. He says that Brian Pillman's father was average at best. Now, I know Christian Cage is trying to be edgy, but we've seen this already with uh, MJF last year talking shit about Brian Pillman. And he did it a lot better than Christian Cage did here. Anyway, he says that he, uh, Brian Pillman would be appalled if he knew that his final contribution to wrestling was his shitty-ass son. Ooh, oh my god. Anyway, um, he says that Griff Garrison looks like Jungle Boy, and for that, Luchasaurus marches down to the ring. And we have Griff Garrison versus Luchasaurus. This was an absolute squash. Luchasaurus just destroys Griff Garrison within seconds. After the matchup, Luchasaurus chokeslammed Griff Garrison not once but twice on top of Brian Pillman through a table at ringside. From one hoss to two others, because next up on the show, we have Jake Hager versus Claudio Castagnoli, and this was a complete hoss fight. This was a great matchup. This was physical as fuck. This got a lot of, you know, crowd reaction. First of all, the crowd chanting, uh, we the people. That was a little funny. You know, if you guys remember, Claudio and Jake Hager were a tag team in the WWE along with Zeb Coulter. And they were, what were the the real Americans or the whatever they were. But that's where the whole We the People thing came from. Anyway, very physical matchup. During the matchup, though, 2.0 gets involved. Jake Hager goes to get the upper hand, but Claudio kicks out. Claudio wins the matchup with a big pop-up uppercut into a Rico Love Bomb. Good matchup. I definitely enjoyed the the chemistry between these two guys. They had many matches, singles matches in the past. And you, you could tell that these guys were no strangers to each other. 
Next, we had Anna Jay versus Serena Deeb. Um, good matchup. Anna Jay, she was the hometown hero here. But Serena Deeb gets the win. Afterwards, she doesn't break the submission hold that um, Boston Crab, single leg Boston Crab that she has on uh, Anna Jay. Mercedes Martinez comes down. She pushes off Serena Deeb. Just before the sign, the Ring of Honor. Next weekend, we'll be having Mercedes Martinez versus Serena Deeb for the Ring of Honor Women's Champion. Main event time. We have triple or nothing. This is for the AEW Tag Team Championships. It is Swerve in Our Glory. The team of Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee versus Team Taz, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks. And the AEW Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks. This was a very, very good matchup and a great way to end a very stellar show for AEW. This was high intensity, no pun intended, shout out House of Glory. This was balls to the wall. Everybody got their shit in. Everyone had these crazy, insane spots. On paper, going into this matchup, we all knew it was going to be a show stealer. And it was exactly that. Lived up to the hype. Great, great matchup. In the end, in the end, after about 15 minutes of just chaos... We have new AEW Tag Team Champions. The Young Bucks did not hold those titles for long. The new champions swerve in our glory. The team of Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland is now your Tag Team Champions. There was the confetti treatment afterwards. We go off the air with a real feel-good moment. Um, Just want to say my prayers go out to Keith Lee. I know earlier today he said that he was dealing with some, some issues. I think it's family issues, but... Definitely prayers out to Keith Lee. Nonetheless, great moment for him on the show. Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee winning their first gold in AEW. Great episode of AEW Fighter Fight. I, I enjoyed it. I think that I'm going to give it a good four out of five stars because I definitely think that the majority of this card delivered. And that matchup between Kanosuke Takeshita and John Moxley over-delivered. And this main event was just batshit crazy. So with that being said, four out of five stars. I enjoyed it a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to strap in our wrestling DeLorean seatbelts and we're going to be going back in time to the land of extreme. We're going to be talking about ECW Hardcore TV, March 18th, 1998. So stay tuned. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Hey there, this is the Queen of Extreme Francine. I am here today to let you know that you need to go and check out this very cool podcast that is happening right now. It's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. And it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yes, three days a week. It's amazing. And on Wednesdays, Wednesdays are really special because Edwin Melendez, he reviews ECW Hardcore TV. And sometimes he even talks about yours truly. So you need to go and you need to look up this podcast. Again, it's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. And it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And please tell them that the Queen of Witch King Francine sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, like we do every Wednesday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, we're about to get a little extreme. We're going back in time to my favorite promotion of all time. We're talking about March 14th, 1998, ECW Hardcore TV. It is announced that the next ECW pay-per-view will be taking place May 3rd, 1998, Wrestlepalooza 1998, and the main event will be Al Snow going up against the World Heavyweight Champion, the franchise Shane Douglas. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get into this episode of BCW Hardcore TV right now. We start out this episode of ECW Hardcore TV on March 14th, 1998 with hardcore porn star Jenna Jameson. And she says that she wants to give us head. And we're not talking about anything sexual here, so calm it down, fellas. We're talking about... Al Snow and his styrofoam head because it is announced that Al Snow will be getting the next title shot at the next pay-per-view. He is your number one contender. He pinned the franchise Shane Douglas at Living Dangerously 1998. Therefore, he is crowned your number one contender and will be going against the franchise Shane Douglas at Wrestlepalooza 1998. Joey Styles welcomes us to the show. He announces that tonight's main event will be the Sandman teaming up with his former tag team champion partner, Two Cold Scorpio, to go against the whole fucking show, Rob Van Dam, and the suicidal, homicidal, genocidal, death-defying Sabu. We start off the show hot with a tag team title matchup. It is the FBI, Little Guido Maritato and Tracy Smothers, with the Big Don Wildfire Tommy Rich outside, they're going against the ECW Tag Team Champions Lance Storm and Chris Candido, who cannot stand each other, but are forced to defend these titles. And Paul Heyman said last week that if anybody tries to screw their partner and lose those titles on purpose, the guilty party will be automatically fired from ECW. So with that being said, Lance Storm and Chris Candido are forced to be together. They're forced to defend their titles, and they're forced to work together as a tag team. They come out to Lance Storm's music, but Candido threatens the sound man that he will not come out unless he plays Back in Black, his theme song, which the sound man obliges to. Uh, there was a lot of dissension in this matchup, a lot of infighting between Candido and Storm, but nonetheless, it wasn't enough for them to lose the titles because Lance Storm and Chris Candido pick up the victory to retain the ECW Tag Team Champions. 
We then see what happened at Living Dangerously in the dueling cane matchup between Sabu and the Sandman, where Rob Van Dam was in disguise as the suicidal, homicidal, genocidal, death-defying Sabu. And it was like a mirror image because we had the Sandman thinking he's going against Sabu, but it was actually Rob Van Dam in disguise. Sabu attacked Sandman from behind, and we have a two-on-one beatdown. Later on in the night, though, for Living Dangerously, we had a great matchup between Rob Van Dam and Two Cold Scorpio, where Sabu got involved, but it led to the Sandman returning and making the save for Two Cold Scorpio. This is all leading us up into our main event tonight. It is the Sandman and Two Cold Scorpio versus Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Quickly, right off the bat, this breaks down to a wild, wild brawl. These two teams are fighting all over Boston. Sabu and Van Dam are taking it, though, for the majority of the matchup to the Sandman and Scorpio. But there was a lot of crazy spots in this matchup, including Rob Van Dam picking up a whole roll of chairs because the the chairs in the uh, crowd were all connected by a zip tie. He picked up the whole row of chairs and threw them on top of Two Cold Scorpio. It was a crazy image to see. We saw Sabu and Sandman battling out in the balcony. Uh, In the end, though... Rob Van Dam and Sabu steal a double-team move from John Cronus and Perry Saturn as they hit total elimination, and then Sabu hits the Arabian Face Buster with the chair onto Sandman for the 1-2-3. Your winners, Rob Van Dam and Sabu. We then get the world-famous ECW Pulp Fiction promos, where Bam Bam Bigelow, he says that he is a Taz killer. Not only that, He says that he will destroy everybody in his path. He remembers when Hulk Hogan was the champion in the WWE and Hulk Hogan did not give him a title shot because Hogan was scared. Bam Bam Bigelow is the exact opposite. He is scared of no man and he will go through the whole roster just to prove that he is the baddest motherfucker in ECW. We also got Shane Douglas who is having a fucking mental breakdown saying he does not see why someone like Al Snow deserves an ECW title shot. It is also announced that Rob Van Dam will be going for the ECW TV champion as he faces Bam Bam Bigelow in a few weeks at House Party 1998. I love this episode of ECW. This had a little bit of everything. It had your great wrestling. It had your hardcore brawling. ECW, in a nutshell, is one hour of just fast-paced wrestling. They have maybe one or two matches, sometimes three, but there's a lot of character development, there's a lot of storyline building, and there's a lot that goes into this more than just a wrestling show. Check out this episode, March 14th, 1998, Hardcore TV. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm giving it a strong four out of five stars. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. Make sure you join me also, though, tomorrow on the Circle of Debate podcast. We go live on YouTube at 11 o'clock Eastern. You don't want to miss this. Shout out to my Circle of Debate fans out there. Shout out to Circle of Debate, the team, the crew. I love you guys. Thank you so much for all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers for following the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, supporting the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, and riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. If you don't already Follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. And you could catch me here on Friday with a new episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I love you guys. Stay safe. Take care. Stay positive. 
Fuck with De Niro, I got a Snyder extender clip, so who wanna play hero? Go bad shit like Ozzy, I was born in the darkness. Oh, you the wolf till we pull up and you're harmless. So pray to Oliver, Don Dada, the top shotter, the top spot, final boss you cross, that's when your ride stop. Basquiat with that white chalk, trigger finger streets, while leave your brains on the sidewalk. Niggas that get tough in the hood, till the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club, till the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street, till the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor, till the wolves come. Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the packs. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you're at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night is precise. Catching nigga slipping for his ice worth your life. Answer yes, well, did nigga pay your price? Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. South Bronx, midnight, niggas moving packs cause they hunting. I'm moving packs of that onion, but probably packing up something. Catch him slipping with them coals and he ain't telling us nothing. Catch a nigga fooling twice and then I'm pressing that button. Send his ass away, permanent vacate and start bluffing. Must have moved to Honolulu, changed his name to McLovin. Said you know what you know, that's for the pack to remember. And if a nigga leaking these, we gotta. Niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do. If I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey do. Shorty keep crying and screaming like that's helping you. Bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal. I think it's that get tough in the hood. To the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club. To the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street. To the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor. To the wolves come. Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the packs. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you're at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night is precise. Catching nigga slipping for his ice worth your life. Answer yes, well, did nigga pay your price? Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take your business to the next level. Shopify is the commerce platform that makes it easy to show up and sell exactly the way you want to. No need to code or design. Sign up for your $1 per month trial period today. Visit shopify.com slash offer 23 to get started. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 